I made a little mistake at the beginning of this. I said it was episode 62. That was yesterday. This is episode 63. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Episode 62 of the Rolling Ramblin' Podcast. Banging it out here a little bit late. Um, I started recording it earlier, then got a bit distracted. And also just sort of didn't necessarily have a direction to go. And I know this is the ramble, Rolling and Rambling Podcast, but I was rambling far too much. Um, today, I think it's just on the same path of what I've been talking about recently, that things are starting to kind of come together a little bit in an interesting way. You know, for a long time, I heard people always say, if you find something bigger than yourself, you'll stay motivated. And, and it'll sort of pull you in that direction and all the law of attraction-y type stuff. Um, but what never gets talked about in that situation is that the thing you need to get pulled towards that's bigger than yourself actually has to be within your realm of believability. Now, the more success you have and the more things that you do, the more believability you have to get something done. And I've always wanted to like to own something, to own property, to own a house, to own a condo to start with. I eventually really want to own a house, have a yard, have a garage, um, have hot rods in it. Like that's always been the goal. But for a long time, all you hear is the price of houses in Victoria and, and climate wise, I can't really live anywhere else in British Columbia just because of, um, the disability. And also I can, I can't say can't, I just really, 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 really don't want to. And it wouldn't make a lot of sense if I did. But I always told myself, and I almost had to trick myself a little bit, and you know, you, you try and trick your brain and just force yourself into thinking positive, and, and more so than other people not believing you, it was always me just feeling kind of like a fraud when I would say that, because I'm just tricking my brain into like positive reinforcement, right? And what the Law of Attraction books and all the gurus and goofs on the internet these days don't talk about, because they always want to show you their their Lambos and their and their mansions and all that stuff. And actually, uh, there's a guy named Coffeezilla who's been, like, busting internet gurus. And apparently, Dan Locke, uh, who's a, an Asian fellow that I've seen for a long time, uh, like, just posting all these uh, videos where he's, you know, giving away a free book and blah, 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 and doing all this click funnel stuff. And he talks about how he's been a millionaire and... Yada, 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 and talks about this lifestyle. And I sort of used to see his ads and I unfollowed him just because those kind of Ty Lopez type guys, they kind of get annoying. I mean, I already deal enough with, with Tony Robbins and whatnot. Um, but the, the gurus are, have always been click funnily and in my face. Speaking of click funnels, like Russell Brunson, I just think he talks too fast and really annoys me and just jams all his products down your throat. Grant Cardone, same thing. I appreciate him on Undercover Billionaire, but. But I just, I don't like a lot of those internet gurus, and I think a lot of them are slimy, and it's hard to tell. Well, CoffeeZilla uh, actually exposed Dan Locke a few months ago. I guess there was an article in the Vancouver Sun that the landlord that Dan Locke rented from for this mansion in Vancouver, um, he was late on his payments or whatever. So there's a whole bunch of things going wrong with that, that he actually was renting 
this mansion and couldn't make the payments. And he was claiming that he owned it and did a tour and all this stuff. And it says, well, it's a $35 million mansion. But according to the article, it was like a 13 or $14 million mansion, which, oh, no, $14 million as opposed to $35 million. But the inflation cost, like the 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 fact that he self-inflated the cost of... of of um of the house and then starts thinking about you know then you start thinking about like well maybe the cars that he was driving did he actually own any of them did he rent them all you know and i know quite a few people that do pretty well money wise and i know some information about them and i don't talk about them sort of that that openly and i also don't quite know how well they do how much money's tied up in their businesses and things like that but they don't talk about their money all the time they talk about the experiences that they're having and the things that they're going through and they're not super flashy i i, I used to like wearing suits and being all flashy and all those different types of things and i think there's a time and place to dress nice and and be well respected and do that stuff but there was a quote from um, from that movie with Denzel Washington where he was um, he was a like a heroin dealer. What the heck was that movie called? Let me Google that with my big loud keyboard. One sec. Uh, something American, something or other. American. Denzel, Denzel, Washington. Ah, American Gangster. So he was an American Gangster, and he played Frank somebody or other. Give me one sec. I always forget this guy's name. Frank Lucas. Right. So he played a, like a heroin dealer in the seventies, and um, he ended up going to jail for like fifteen years and doing all this stuff. And it's actually based on a true story because this guy's legit, and. Uh, uh, so same with, I think, Nicky Barnes was played by Cuba Gooding Jr., it looks like, which I remember. And then there was a guy named Bumpy. Well, I can't remember Bumpy's last name. I think it's Bumpy Johnson, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, was actually a real person who was the mentor of this drug dealer. And even though he was, he was dealing heroin, uh, I remember one of the quotes that he said in the movie uh, when, he was, when he was giving... Uh, a pep talk to his brother about Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character. And he said, he said about um, the la the loudest one in the room is usually the brokest one, the most broke in the room, right? The one that's the flashy, or the loudest one in the room is the weakest in the room. I think that's how it said. Let's see if I can find the quote because we're clicking on things on my big loud awesome let's see quote uh, loudest loudest okay let's see what it says yeah it is it's Frank Lucas says the loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room and I think that's very prevalent now especially because all these fake rumors and it's not that everybody's being fake, but on Instagram, you know, you see everybody's happy go lucky lifestyle. They're only posting pictures of their kids and yeah, we want to see good times. Nobody wants to see crappy stuff happening, but, but we're in a world where we just have fear of missing out that FOMO and 
somebody like this getting busted who was renting a a a mansion for half the price that he was quoting it was so he was he was doubling the value of the mansion in his own head to seem more powerful uh then he was doing tours and then he wasn't able to pay the rent so how much money did he actually make like where was he getting his money from you know did it dry up during all the pandemic like there's so many things to to answer for and i think one of the things that that i noticed with with this whole fake it till you make it thing i did a, i had a quote on rolling motivation that came up today a couple of years ago i said the fake it till you make it process is it a good thing or a bad thing for personal or business and i definitely think it's always been bad personally you should never be a fake individual uh, even in dating something you should meet the the person that you are right away you shouldn't meet their representative for the first three months and i know everybody when they first get a job they do the same thing you know you keep your uh, keep your cards closer to the chest and you do different things like that but um i've always tried to be very genuine from the beginning from the get especially with stuff like this with my videos with all that kind of stuff and i think the the sort of self-help realm has really been been false sucker to the the sort of internet millionaire fake lifestyle because you don't actually have to be rich for people to think that they just look at something and think you're successful like you can rent a lambo and a ferrari and and all those things and i think for me the one of the blessings that i have is the fact that i'm in a wheelchair i can't hide a lot of that stuff like no one's gonna let me rent a ferrari and then go put hand controls in it and then drag my chair all through it and possibly damage the headliner and do all the things that i do to my own car do you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm already in a position where I'm not going to be able to fake that kind of stuff. Not that I would, but I'm not going to be able to do that. And I think one of the things that's been always interesting, because I originally followed Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar before I got into Tony Robbins, and those two wonderful older men who Jim Rohn died in 2009, and I think Ziglar was 2012, and Jim Rohn was 79 when he died. He was a sort of a business man, and, and I guess you would call him a self-improvement mentor. He didn't really call himself a self-help guy or, or you know, do seminars. He did, he did seminars, but he mainly talked. He didn't have a big flashy audience. He didn't do all the stuff that Tony Robbins did. It wasn't this big rock concert type performance. He stood up there for an entire day, gave you gems, talked about stuff. He made some notes. He made some improvements. He maybe bought a course. He bought a CD. Uh, Jim Rohn especially started with Herbalife and network marketing and used that as his vehicle to improve his own life, tells his own story, that at 25 he got a mentor named Earl Schof who then helped him with some things. He became a millionaire from 25 to 31 and then he sort of backed a business deal and then he became broke because he... He, he knew this company could pay back the loan that they were def and they weren't going to default on it. So he, he looked like a hero because he gave them the financial backing. And then what he didn't know later down the road, that same company borrowed against his name again. And then they couldn't pay it back the second time. And they didn't. And he ended up having to pay all that money back that this company owed. So he was broke millionaire from from 25 to 31 that's six years he became a millionaire 
and then he was broke again at 31, 32, and then had to build it back up again. And he tells that story very openly. Uh, and he, he would, he had such a beater car that he, he would park down the street and he would go to networking events and say he, he got dropped off or he parked around the corner or whatever it was. And that was a bit of fake to make it. And he talks about that a little bit, but it's not to the level that we, we do now where everything is just fake and you're putting pictures up of different things. And I think there's a lot more tangible advice from the old guard of self-help. You know, we've got Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, um, you know, Brian Tracy, Les Brown, and... Uh, you know, and I, I kind of think that's like the Mount Rushmore, right? And I mean, Tony Robbins is there, but, but again, Tony Robbins is super flashy. Again, very, very legit. I've tried his stuff. It works when you apply it. But Jim Rohn is a very consistent, deliverable individual, and I download his stuff on Audible. I should actually get in Jim Rohn. He seems to, like, be that soothing grandpa that I get to listen to, you know, and get some wisdom from, and it's just this level of calmness and belief, but there's, with the new people, there's this idea that you have to be doing things faster, and, and the law of attraction with the secret, you know, you just have, it always talks about just, you know, if you, if you see it before, if you believe it before you see it, then it'll happen, yada, 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 but for me, I know that was quite a roundabout way of getting back to things, but for me, the idea of owning property always seemed like a bit of a fallacy to me. I knew I wanted to do it, I just didn't know how, and I, I stayed in trusting in that process, and then I had somebody help me put my resume together and do some different things, and I've done some side projects. And when I look at what's happening with the housing market now and I keep looking every day to motivate myself because it seems more tangible all I need is a good consistent job that I can succeed at and then and then I just need uh, you know a down payment first time home buyer up to 500000 you can get a down payment a 5% down payment and then I think it's 10 or 20% on the next between 500 and a million or something like that, right? So, you know, if I get a condo under 500,000, which is totally possible now, I mean, there was some for 199 all the way up to, you know, 490 that would kind of work for me. I'd have to go with the older stuff because of accessibility. And then I'd also have to borrow against it to become more accessible. So, so you know, there's lots there, but, but it, it seems way more tangible in the next, you know, 18 to 24 months. So like year and a half to two years, maybe two and a half years that I can get into something that I can own out of subsidized housing. And that's the other thing about all this stuff is they just talk about speed and, and makes everybody impatient that they want to be rich right now so they can flex to their friends and they can, they can show off to their parents and they can prove to all these people that they did it. Whereas I still know now that this is even more possible than it than it was, it's still going to be two years before I even get to get a chance to, to move around, right? You know, I have to be in a good, solid position. I'm not going to go move into a condo or a small house and not be able to make the payments or struggle every month to make the payments and not have any lifestyle. I might as well just stay here and have a better lifestyle, you know? And I think that's 
Patience is not really preached that much. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk yells it a lot, and he talks about it all the time, but there's nothing wrong with buying something older and then fixing it up or staying in for a while, build some equity, and then you move on. That's how all the other generations did it. They didn't just get money out of nowhere and then, you know, buy a house, right? So I just think there's a lot to be said for for understanding that most people on the internet are full of crap and everybody is showing you their good side and nobody's telling you about their struggles. I think that's why this is so important for me to put this on record with all my videos and all my Instagram little posts and all my YouTube videos and, and all my blog, all my blogs. Cause within all that stuff, even if I'm talking about techniques and tips and, and all that stuff, you can always, you, I can tell you each each time that I've done something, sort of what I was going through in that moment. And I feel like if you pay attention and you know me a little bit, which I hope you do now through this podcast, that you can you can understand that I'm going through different things, especially over the last two, three, four, five months. I've really been going through a lot, like a lot. Very deep, dark depression for me. Uh, having this podcast to look forward to really pulled me out of that. Knowing that you listen to the podcast really helped. Knowing that I'm getting feedback and that people like the podcast has been really, really helpful. And so, you know, having having all of these things to go for that are bigger than me, like the buying of the condo in the house, I didn't know when that was going to happen. It became more believable when I, I realized there was an actual path to it, I trusted, but there was an actual path to it. And it's bigger than myself. It's not just for my own. It's not necessarily for just me living day to day. And it is it is not necessarily also for for just me specifically. It it takes some relief off of my parents. And it's possible it's that I can have an asset for, for you know, the next generation, like my niece or, or you know, step-nephews or things like that. I can, I can have that stuff. If I get back into another relationship, I can have that for whatever we have together. Those types of things helps with my investments. Again, being secure down in the future and taking care of things. If I have to take care of my parents down the road, that can happen too. And then the other thing about all of... Of, of having something bigger than myself is this podcast was something bigger than just me because once I started realizing that people were listening, you were listening, other people were listening, it it made me want to do it on days that I didn't want to do it because, like I said earlier, I started recording this. I was a bit drunk because uh, I started to have a few drinks earlier in the day and then I had some dinner and then I was tired and I was watching basketball and I was like, I'll do it tomorrow. And I'm glad I'm doing it now. Period. And it's because I have a, I have a obligation to the people that listen to this podcast to record it as often as possible. Again, I don't want to force topics. I don't want to just ramble on for no reason. But it's important that I have something to strive for. And I hope you have taken this and can use that in your own life some way to to look at your family and all the other things that you do or some other bigger goal and have a good plan and make it believable and you'll achieve it and just be patient because you're not going to achieve it right away, but you will achieve it. Just stay the course and stay motivated and make sure it's what you really want to do. All right.
talk to you soon. Episode 63 of the Rolling and Rambling podcast. Did I say 62 in the beginning or 63? Let me check. I said 62, but this is actually episode 63. Thanks so much.